Thank you, Kristen. Amen. I also want to make another announcement. Uh, I want this young couple to stand up. Justin. Let's give them. I, I want them to stand. Before we give them a hand, because you don't even know why to give them a hand. Stand up. <laughs> These are like my own children. I love Christy and Justin. Uh, they're going to get married in the month of October, in October 20th, uh, Friday night, just at Axiom. You know, if you don't know that, surprise, the church owns Axiom Coffee. And and they're going to get, uh, they'll be the first couple to actually get married at the coffee shop. They're going to do an outside wedding. Uh, let's give them a hand. Uh, you say, oh, I got something to do that night. That's okay. You can just give a gift. That's good, you know. And uh, we want you to be a blessing to this young couple. If you've been married a while, and, and like Gwen and I, uh, we look back on those days and a wedding shower they had yesterday here, and they got a lot of gifts, and they'll keep getting gifts, you know that. And But there, there's something about getting married that you kind of like... I hope I have enough money. It's kind of like when you have children. I hope I have enough. You never have enough, right? But going into it, you know that God will provide. And we are believing that the people of our church will be generous to them as you have the young couples in the church that have got married up to now. You know, this is a time of the season uh, where the, the heat is beginning to change. And instead of being 109 degrees, it, it comes down to a cool 95 other day, I almost had to get a windbreaker on it. was so, I'm kidding. Don't you love it when you talk to somebody that comes in from somewhere else in the country, and they're like, man, it's hot where I live. It's like 90. You're like, 90? Don't make major decisions in this time of year. And I've said it before, in the extreme heat of the year, especially in Texas, there's a lot of people that get irritated. They, they get, they get, you know, it's just so hot. And some of us don't even realize what is happening. And it's, it's an awkwardness. And, and you don't really even feel it until it's almost too late where you're like, you know, it's almost like an awkwardness of, you know, say you take a shower with your socks on. You know, you're like, What? Or a shirt that you put on that's just too tight. So I want to encourage you not to make major decisions in the extreme of the weather. Uh, don't allow something to make a decision for you, your emotions. And we'll get into things like that in a minute. I just want to tell you, I appreciate everybody coming this morning. And, you know, sometimes I, I kind of try to prime you to smile. And hopefully today with my joke that you'll be able to smile at the end of this. You know, I have three sons. The oldest is Luke, and the second one is Heath, and the third one is Mark. Um, and I heard something that, you know, let, let's say that they died one day at an old age, and, and they go to heaven, and, and God greets them and says, Hey, uh, now that you're in heaven, what is the thing that you would like your families to say as they walk by the coffin? And Luke was quick. He was the first one. And he said, well, 
God, I, I would like him to look down and say that I was a well, you know, a good provider and a loving husband. I said, great. He says, Heath, what would you like your family to say as you, as they walked by the coffee? He said, man, I, I, I want him to say that I was a good father and a good husband. God said, yeah. And he says, hey, Mark. He says, uh, what would you like your family to say as they look down into the coffin as they walk by? And Mark says, hmm. I want him to say, look, he's moving. <laughs> if you know Mark, that's not too far from probably what it's going to happen. We're in a series of sermons called, you know, The Blessing, and, and it started the first of the year. And the reason I tell you that I'm in this, this long sermon is series is the fact that a lot of times what's brought to our attention uh, gets, gets our focus, and whatever gets our attention determines our direction, and our direction, our destiny over time. Sometimes we get to a place that we don't like to be and we go, you know, I don't like it here. A lot of times you have to realize where you're at in order to get to where you're going. So, so a change in direction, and we all want immediate, don't we? We want the microwave outcome instead of the crock pot, you know, that takes a little while to cook. But a change of direction and over time will lead us to the direction and the destiny that God has for us. If that direction and the destiny is lining up with the Word of God. And it, it is so important for us to realize and remind ourselves that we're blessed. But there's a lot more to it than just we're blessed. That we're blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Like it or not, agree with me or not at this point, can you just say those words that we are blessed to be a blessing? Say it, ready? We are blessed to be a blessing. You know, we as believers, and if you're here today and you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ, chances are that you know the love of God for your life. That God created mankind, and we know the whole story of Genesis and how sin came into the Garden of Eden and a separation between God and man. But God had a plan, and that plan was Jesus, that he would come and out of his love for us, die on the cross for us, that the sins, the law that was in place that we couldn't live up to. I mean, it was something that was just not perfect. But when Jesus came to die on the cross for us, the grace that God has given us through him is something that we cannot earn. And it's almost, as people say, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably not. That's why a lot of people have a stumbling block. It's just too good. It's a free gift that God has given you. And I hope you're not one of those people that if somebody tries to bless you and you go, okay, what's in it for you? See, a lot of people do that to God. It's just so good that they think. And, and what we've been talking about in this, in this little series of about four weeks, and we're going to take a break after this Sunday. Everybody said, hallelujah. But we're going to, in the month of October, go to different kind of train. I thought we're going to have five different speakers, five different weeks. And these are 
people that I've loved and, and love, and they're coming to the church to express the word of God through them. And I, I'll encourage you as I, I take a kind of a break, and I'll be here most of the weeks, but let me tell you, I want you to be here if you can possibly all sit on the front row. Do you see? I'm not looking at you. But if you can sit on the front row, sit on the front row. Bring your notebook. The Word of God will change your life. So we're in this part of the year, and we're talking about raising your temperature. And and what I mean by that is just quickly, because I've said it every week, is a lot of times whatever your comfort zone is is what your belief system is. And a lot of people just want to go 70 because that, that's the passing grade. And what, tell me, tell me just, just tell me how to get to heaven. Just to 70. And I'll, I'll, I'll try to, you know. And sometimes we get so in life, just life starts eating on us and we get to a place where we kind of gravitate down and the path of least resistance puts us in a place of about, you know, maybe 60 and then 50 and we're, we're getting a little cold and we get so sick and tired of being sick. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, I'm going to lose some weight. I don't feel good. I'm going to do something different than I, I'm going to save some money. By golly, I'm tired of eating spam and popcorn every night. I'm going to do something different. And so you begin to work on the things in your life and all of a sudden you begin to feel that, that momentum and and you blow right by 70, and you get up to 75 and 80, and man, you're cooking. But your motivation, the motivation has brought you further than actually how you see yourself and your identity. We talked about being a believer, and our identity is something based on what God said about us, not what we feel, but we walk by faith and not by sight when he says that we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus, not because of what we did but what Christ did for us if we receive Him into our life. Now now listen to this. That when we get up to that place, and some of us have never really received the identity that God has for us, and we don't walk in that identity, and sometimes we'll get up to temperature and we're really cooking. I mean, people are going, wow, look at you. And then we kind of think, and the motivation took us to a place, but the discipline is lacking And we lose hope. Now listen to me. Everything about what I'm speaking to you is hope. That the word of God is, God has said what he said and what he said. Do we believe it? Do we believe that he can do what he said? And so we put our hope in him. And and sometimes we get so motivated, our temperature will get up and we'll be doing great. But then we'll begin to gravitate back to the familiar, the predictable the average, and, and people look at us and go, you're kind of just like me. I'm encouraging you to be better than that. The average is nothing more. People go, you know, I like being average because I don't really stand out. The average is the best of the worst and the worst of the best. So it's not really attractive, and especially as a child of a king, the king, to begin to get to the place of being more concerned about our uh, our current trajectory in life instead of our current results. Now, let me explain that. A lot of people are going, you know, where I'm at right now is not where I want to be, and I just don't like it, and I'm not. Where are you in the things that you're doing on a daily routine? What are the habits that are creating the outcomes in your life? 
a lot of us would like to say, Pastor, I, I'm miserable. Could, could, could we just have a time that I could have somebody lay hands on me and pray for me? And we want again to immediately get to that destiny that we want to be in. Instead of changing direction and having the discipline to stay on that track to bring about all that God has for us. Now, again, it's a, it's a thing that we begin to look at, a system in our life. And when we believe passages like Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing, not renewed, but the renewing, a constant thing. By the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good is pleasing and perfect will. They're all the same thing. He wants the very best for you. He has a plan for you, a future for you. How many people can raise your hand and have experienced this week, maybe today, ankle biters that are just little problems always trying to get you off course? Can I see your hand? We're all in that same boat. You know as well as me. You can be a believer in God and wear a cape like Superman, but you're going to have circumstances that will begin to speak into your life. I wasn't going to share it, but I'm going to share it anyway right now. This week, last Sunday, I look on my desk, and there's a tax bill for the church. And, and it's a tax bill that's going to be around $8,000 for the just the blank piece of property that we own right here that they play wiffle ball on and everything. Uh, they have valued it not as a church, but as a commercial, which would have put us in a place of paying about $8,000, $9,000. Well, I've already argued this two years, 2018 and 2022. That's right, last year. And they say, every time, Pastor, don't worry. We've got it taken care of. We realize what happens. Something sells in this. The value of that property in your area is going up and up and up and up and up and up. And I say, oh, yeah, I know. And they say, don't worry about it. We've figured it out. Now it's only going to be valued at 20 Four thousand, not because it's not worth seven hundred some thousand, just because you're a church and da da da. Got you. But they did it again, and it took almost a whole day just to fix something that somebody messed up on. Has anybody had anything like that in your life before? I was standing next to a lady at the counter and she goes, I've been living and paying for my house for seven years and you're telling me I don't own it? That my name isn't even on it? I'm thinking, I don't have the biggest problem as I thought I did. We know that circumstances are going to change, but here's what I'm talking about today. It's not the, the circumstances talking to you. I'm talking about where you are in your life right now. And we talked about this, about lagging measures. If I go to your house, common sense says, and your house has got about this much of, you know, that TV show called Hoarders. Gwen's meticulous, but I love every once in a while just turning that show on and she gets up and she's got to clean because she just can't handle that. The remote works on the TV and on Gwen. It's wonderful. 
But if I come to your house and you're one of those hoarders, that's a lagging measure of your cleaning habits. If your bank account is on zero, that's a lagging measure of your saving habits. Now watch this. And and there's no condemnation that I'm trying to put on you. I'm just showing you. If you get in a place where every time a circumstance speaks at you, you go, the sky's falling and I'm giving up that God doesn't work. He doesn't love me. That's a lagging measure of your habits of being in the Word of God and walking by faith and not by sight. Well, we've been talking about habits, and I want to just kind of, this week, kind of show you something else before we close it up. I'll talk about it again in the future, but you'll, we don't say inside jokes at the church, but it's kind of an inside sermon knowledge that we've all experienced. I'll refer back to these. Remember that habits are simple solutions to make our life easier. Not necessarily better. And what they do is when we come up with a problem and we try something that works, we then habitually do that thing over and over again to bring that success or that reward to our life. Think about that a minute. But the problem is a lot of the habits of thinking that go on in our life, we talked about them just for a brief second, and I mean a brief second, about our marriages and our spouses. But there's some things that trigger in our minds when they say something, you don't even have to complete that because I know where you're going. You should just... If, if there's ever a noise, you know, too much noise in the congregation, I should say, I'm going to talk on marriage. And boy, it gets quiet in here quick. Here, here's the thing is a lot of times those little habits that are playing, like I said, that we have created to make we think life better, not necessarily better, the little habits. Here's the problem is a lot of them are running in the background unconsciously that we are not even aware of. And until we bring those things from the unconscious into the conscious world, we can't correct them, we can't bring them, and we can't, again, test the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God for our life. Sometimes there's things spoken in our life that we think are in the Word of God. They're not in the Word of God. It's a man's tradition that has been spoken over us that that's what we're doing and creating a habit, therefore our behavior out of. Now, now I'm not saying that um, let me say this. You, you've, I've heard people come up and say, you know, like it says in the Bible, early to bed, early to rise. Healthy, wealthy, and wise. No, sorry, that's Benjamin Franklin. That's not in the Word of God. But maybe you were raised in an in a environment that you believe a certain way. How many people here today believe that the toilet paper should go over instead of under? How many people under? How many people aren't going to answer? All right. I'm sitting beside my husband and he differs from me. I'm not raising my hand. How many believe Yeah, this is where Yeah, we're going to go on. That wasn't the Holy Spirit speaking to me. That was me speaking to me. Lining up our habits, the systems in our life 
with the Word of God, making sure that somebody in the church, maybe in our past, have spoken over us, that we know that just because somebody meant well, it's not the Word of God. Now, now I've thought about this, especially this month. And and years ago, we went through a a series, Sunday school kind of small group, session called roadblocks. Does anybody remember that? And how roadblocks are, are not roadblocks, I'm sorry, guardrails, that guardrails are put on a road that you never really notice and you really never appreciate until you, until you need them. And, and instead of going over the cliff, that guardrail is there to protect you from getting too close to the edge. And, and I believe that a lot of times man's tradition that is spoken over our lives by maybe even our mother meant to be good. Listen, the good people. Can, can I twist your belief system? Do you know the Pharisees and the religious people in the Bible were good people? They were just preaching something and living something that was never meant to be lived by. That's why when Jesus came, there was such a contrast that they were like, we don't like that. Let, let me give you an example of this. I grew up in in uh, in a in a time period in the uh, '80s. Yeah, that's how old I am. In the '80s, that uh, my grandparents came out. They were they were Christians. They became Christians a little bit later in life. And and if you if you drank and smoked, you were going to hell. Now watch this. So the guardrail was, if you go into a bar, not if you drink or smoke, but if you go into a bar, you're going to hell. But watch this. Here's a guardrail. You can't go in a pool hall. I don't know why pool hall. I don't know if they had a lot of pool halls back there. But the pool hall. Now why why the pool hall? Well, they explained to me, because people drink and smoke even in a pool hall. Well, what if I'm playing pool, but I'm not drinking and smoking? You're still going to hell. The ripple effect of that, watch this. I can't even buy a pool table in my house. Why? Because you'd be in a pool hall. Now, Now, we laugh about that. But there's things that go on into people's minds that you've never questioned. Is that really in the Word? Now, everybody say, well, that pool stuff, that's common sense. But listen, throughout history, in the early part of the church that led even into the Catholic church, that we have decided as believers that we are going to spread the Word at any cost about the gospel. And we're thankful because we're here today because those believers spread the word and we're disciples of grandpa, grandma, pastor, someone that taught us about the word of God all the way back to the early disciples. But now watch this. The Catholic church, which was the church, I don't know how you feel about the Catholic church. Love the Catholic church. Just quit that. They're sending out missionaries to, in history to places that are the uttermost parts of the world, like San Antonio. 
called the Elamo. Now, anybody that's a Texan has to have the history of knowing what the Elamo was. But the building was a mission that the church set up so that those people in Mexico, which now is Texas, could hear about the Word of God. But see, listen, we have history that says that we are the way, the truth, and the life. That's the Bible. But let's, let's go a little bit further, kind of the pool hall. If there's any other religion, we're going to kill them. Because they don't know the truth. Do you think that Jesus might be scratching his head and has his arm around the Father going, I think they missed it on that one. Let's watch what the habits are in our life that have been told us by well-meaning people. Sometimes we can look back on history and we almost laugh at those people that did certain things in the name of God. They, good people, good people, just messed up. Remember, everybody has a belief system and out of those belief systems you make choices and out of those choices you'll put yourself in experiences. We're talking about raising your temperature. In other words, allowing God to speak in your life and and really maybe bump your belief system a little bit to bring those things of the unconscious into the conscious so you can say, is that really the word of God? Because what I, I, I'm saying, if you've been a believer over about 30 years, and, and I, don't, I don't mean that, you could be 30 years of age today, and able, but I'm talking about having a relationship for 30 years with Jesus. Out of of our habits, I I talked about it quick the other week, is there's a cue that happens, something that triggers in your brains to set off a a certain behavior, a cue. And out of that cue comes a craving. And there's something about a craving. It's a habit that that I, I I I want to see that. See, a cue could be just as simple as your 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 phone ringing or vibrating and you have a craving to see who's calling me or who got a a new bandana on Facebook you know that's a cue and a craving I got to see who did and out of that is the response to look at the phone and out of that is the reward of seeing okay Harvey bought a bandana But that formula happens in your life. As I said, maybe a spouse says something, that's a cue. And your craving is to say, oh, no, you didn't. Your response is to argue, and the reward is, "Uh uh-huh, he or she won't do that again. It's the same way through your life. When you go through a problem in your life, and we're in church today, or listening and looking at the Word of God, are there things when you go through it is a cue that you say, I have to know what God says about this. And the response is going to the Word. And the reward is seeing the amazing wisdom that can be applied in your life in that circumstance. Now quickly, to make a habit, Make it obvious. 
want to learn guitar, if you want to read the Bible, put it in the middle of the room. Put it where you are going to be so that you'll see that. They've done studies on this, and I'm not going to go in detail, but just taking out soft drinks out of the refrigerator and putting water, guess what happened? That people drank more water. Make it obvious. Make it attractive. Make it easy. And make it satisfying. I'm going to go into this in a minute, especially make it rewarding. Do we have the video? I know we've had computer problems. Yes? Try to show that. We'll see if it comes up. This is called delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. Can you turn these down, maybe? I enjoyed watching that because I have an issue, like most of us, with delayed gratification. If you did not hear that, they offered the little child, you can have one marshmallow now, or you can have two marshmallows if you wait until the person giving the test came back in. A lot of times we decide we'll just take the one marshmallow. 
And if you look at lagging measures in your life, again, if you came up to somebody and asked them, can I pray with you about something? Typically, people will give you three. Remember? They'll come up and they'll say, well, can you pray for my healing or my mother's healing something? Number two is I would like help in my finances to pay a bill. And number three is my relationships, not necessarily in that order. And out of those three, I want you to see about delayed gratification. When you look at lagging measures in your relationships, do you have friends? Do you spend time regularly with other people than just maybe the person that you're married to or your brother or sister or whatever? That's a lagging measure. In your finances, do you have a lagging measure because you always say, you know what, God isn't providing enough for me and I have zero. In your health, do you like too many jelly cream donuts? Can you get up? Can you walk around the block? The, the thing is this morning, I want you to see that heaven, are you with me? Heaven is a delayed gratification as believers. We have to walk by faith, it's called the blessed hope, that one day that we'll spend eternity with God when we leave this earth. But a lot of people have never really understood that if there is not an immediate reward, the habit is hard to complete. Man, Pastor, I tell you what. And they're not understanding the goodness of their father in their life at this moment. The day that you put your faith in Jesus Christ and make him Lord and Savior of your life, hello, your eternity just began. A good eternity with Jesus Christ. Let me remind you that Jesus said, I have come that you might have or enjoy life. There's a lot of people that are believers that just don't enjoy life. But he said, I've come that you might enjoy life and have life to the full. There's a lot of believers that don't believe that. I've come that you might enjoy life to the full, even to the overflow. Now watch this. Here's the push. A lot of believers believe that in false humility, I don't believe that God has blessed me or will bless me. Why? Because I'll just have, I just need enough for me and mine. Is there a dying world out there that needs you? In, in, in a war, to get the enemy, whatever, if you're on the good side or the bad side, the hope is that they can cut off their supply chain so their soldiers can't perform the war anymore. They can't eat. A lot of times in the Christian world, the enemy comes against money in the church world because they think, you know, well, that's not any, no, no, no. And so all the ministries and churches just go from hand to mouth, no money, no, and then and people go, well, why would I want to be a Christian? Those guys are in sackcloth and ashes half the time. I, I, I know good friends of mine that are pastors. I love them. But when I'm listening to them, I say, well, what? 
one of them was complaining about a, a, a ministry that was, you know, a prosperity minister. Yeah, that's not right. I said, you live in a almost a mansion with a swimming pool. What are you doing? And he's like, whoop, 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 whoop. Again, watch what you're saying. Watch what you're doing. Because even in the generation before me, they never would give, you know, they would never really come to grips with God could bless them until they bought something or did something. Hey, God's good. What I want you to see today is, is create habits and go at it a different way. Maybe label a savings account something that, of God's goodness in my life. Do you know, uh, I'm kind of different maybe for some men, but I like to look at Pinterest. It's just pictures and stuff. And I have a harvest folder. That's right, I'm being very transparent here today. And, and I, I put in pictures of things that are just amazing. I mean, sometimes they're, they're, they're uh, uh, landscaping pictures of just, you know, mountaintops or, or maybe, maybe, Okay, a Corvette of good, of good things. The goodness of God. Or, or, or label a savings account a leather jacket. A trip to Europe. Maybe label a day of Bible hunting when you're in the Bible as, as today I am getting ready for a fight. Now remember, we do not war against flesh and blood, so you're not getting ready for your husband to fight with, okay? Getting in the Word of God changes your thinking, which is maybe this guy's wrong. All right, what a cue for the lights to go out. I forgive you, Christian. I forgive you. How about labeling your savings account and then a Bible reading day as this, a stress pill. Let the gospel put it in you. Now, now let me see, let me show you something here. Here's where we get into the Word of God, so all of you are going, where's the Bible? Aren't we a church? If you look in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, Jesus, it says, And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Listen, so Jesus attended the weekly meetings, quote, as his custom was. It was his habit. It was his habit. When I look at Nehemiah, it's a book in the Old Testament, and he was a cupbearer and all that. He goes back to Jerusalem to build the wall that has been torn down. Uh, uh, it was a sign of safety and security. And you look at that, and the whole process is he's going to go into a place that has no hope and create hope by creating systems of operating, just like I'm asking you to do in your life. If you think about it in Nehemiah, let me just share it with you. He says... 
or I put down this, that every day that he began to build the wall with the people that are there, he's creating a habit of a, just a little bit of work that's going to result in a big outcome, just like in our life. See, sometimes we all think that if we're going to exercise for our health, we've got to run a marathon tomorrow. I'm not saying that. Some of us need to start so small, so small. Here it is. Just put on your running shoes. Now, husband and wives, when you see the husband putting on running shoes tomorrow, don't go, you're not going to run. That's wrong. But his starting point. In Nehemiah, it says that groups of people worked side by side building the wall to bring security. It was a new habit. Here these people had lived together, but they never worked side by side until Nehemiah came and created this system. And Nehemiah, just like you and I, in doing the things that are hard and creating things in our life, in our Everything from our eating habits. Have you ever noticed in a church we don't talk about eating habits, and, and but we talk about the things that we don't need to do? Smoke, because that's going to tear down the temple of God. So it should apply to all of us of what we do in our health situation, not only in exercising what we eat and so forth. But he becomes frustrated. Listen to this. This is... In Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 18, in spite of all this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governor because the demands were heavy on these people. So in other words, he's saying, what I did is I'm going to create a new system that I'm not going to just tax them. But watch what his request is to God. Remember me with favor, my God, for all I have done for these people. (laughs) You don't get that. But what I wanted to use that as is some of the times that we're doing what is right, it's going to get hard. Nehemiah says, you know what, I've created this system. And really at the end of the story, he has created this wall that has gone all the way around the city in less than like two months. It's a miracle of how God used him in creating things that changed the life of the people. But here's the one that I just want to bring to your attention before we wrap it up. It's found in Daniel. And a lot of us have heard this in children's church. You could like let Daniel in lion's den. But let me remind you of a system in a man's life that changed the world that he was in. It says in Daniel 5, verse 3, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So we know right there that he was outstanding. But why is he outstanding? Look at verse 4. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. Remember, circumstances are going to be there. It goes on to say, but they were unable to do this. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So they put in motion anybody that doesn't worship 
the king is going to be thrown into the lion's den. In other words, to be eaten. If you go down to verse 10, the consequences are pretty evident of what's going to happen in a man's life. Even though this man is outstanding, but watch how he can do this. It says in verse 10, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to the upstairs room where the window opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Do you understand he had a habit? And he created that habit that had a consequence. The consequence was very positive. There was no corruption in him. There was no neglect. Now he's going to be promoted over the whole kingdom. That is what I'm speaking of your lives today. Through the things of God putting in your life, the world desperately needs us. And instead of allowing man's tradition or even somebody that meant well to speak into your life, buy you a pool table. I hope you're hearing me. Here is a man that says, I will spend time with God. The consequences are great. He becomes great in the kingdom, but also the consequences, you could be thrown in the lion's den. At that moment, your belief system will be evident. And out of that belief system, you'll make a choice. Now that choice will be an experience. I'm not telling you you're going to be thrown into a lion's den. You're not going to be maybe the head of the government of our country. But the circle of people that you influence on a daily basis that have no hope. We run in a country that people will smile, but you don't know the pain that they're going through. Depression. And they're looking at you, you Christian, to see if you have an answer. You have an answer. Begin to build time with God in your day. Begin to look at it. Not as some big thing that you're going to have to read the Bible through next week. But can you spend time, just a, just a little habit. Because a little habit over time will bring results that will set you apart. Not for an arrogant reason but for the identity that God has spoken to your life. The identity that some believers have shied away from because they feel like everybody wants them to be in the same place as them. Now let me end with this. If you would go every day to a very large tree and only take five swings at it, with a very sharp axe. Eventually, no matter how large the tree would be, it would come down. It's called the rule of five. A commitment to taking five daily actions that would quickly move their goals towards completion is what believers, people with a relationship with Jesus Christ, need to put in motion. What are the little things 
in your life that you could do on a daily basis that would raise your temperature to a place that you would influence the people in your life for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, today, you have been so gracious to us. And Father, I just pray right now, if there's anybody in here that has never received Jesus Christ, that Father, that they would confess with their mouth that God, that you have died for them, that their sins have been paid for and they can be forgiven. That God, if they would put their faith in you, that Father, that their new life would begin an eternity with you. Father, I pray right now for anybody in this place that has depression or hopelessness, that someone has spoken over their life, and Father, they've lost hope. Father, that they would again realize that their future is bright, that God, that you have a plan for them that is so amazing, it might even take time for them to believe it. It's so good. But Father, I'm asking that they would open up their heart, that they might receive today what they, God can have if they just put their faith in you. One more time. That they would trust you. No matter of all the ankle biters, all the little circumstances that are telling them different. That God, that they could be free. In your name we pray. Amen. I want our ushers to pass out one more sheet or one sheet before we're done today. I was very transparent on some things in the series, and I wanted to be transparent, give you an idea. This is something that I do, and as a suggestion, do you hear me? You don't have to do this. But I want to just give you an idea of putting something. Or talk about detailed and melancholy, you know, but here it is. These are some of the things that comes before me on a daily basis. When I drink a lot of coffee, it makes a lot more sense <laughs> in the morning. But the first thing is to write down three things that I'm thankful for. I'll say it again in sermon series and sermons from now on, but the biggest thing that we all fight against is worry and fear. But you know what kills worry and fear in your life? Gratitude, thankfulness. And on a daily basis, if you can write down three things that you're thankful for, we have a lot to be thankful for. Starting with breathing. Then a devotional. It doesn't say, read the Bible through in six weeks. What is it that you're doing, putting the Word of God? It's priming you. It's putting the Word of God in the front part of your brain on a daily basis. To me, again, I use like different Google. I do Pinterest of motivational quotes. I have a filter, so some of them, not all of them are good. You know that by common sense. Number four is a food log. This is one thing as far as my health that has changed a lot. Uh, you can get an app if you want to 
talk to me later. I'll give you the app I use, but you can, with your cell phone, usually go on and just put in food log, and you can log your food on a daily basis. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. And I'll guarantee you, when you notice, I don't hardly eat anything, and I gain weight. All oh, yes, you do. I did. And you put in a cup of ice cream, and you go, liar! There can't be that many calories. <laughs> like Brianna says, just do them all on Sunday. Calories don't exist on God's day. And that, log your food. You'll see that. Health-wise, it gets motivating. It's a, it's a habit that will, again, come back to be rewarding. I got under this goal that I'm trying to set. Number five is journal day before reflection. That's before the... Um, here, here's why a lot of people don't journal is because they don't know, you know, kind of what's journal about what happened yesterday so that you can keep track of God's... Uh, David said, I killed the bear and the lion, therefore I can kill the giant. Sometimes God does miracles in our life and we can't remember them. You can look back on that, see God's action. Number six, one good action targeted day. Come on now. That's not that hard, but if you start out the morning and writing it down, that's what I'm going to try to do today. And especially on those three areas, your health, your relationships, and your finances. I tell you what, I'm going to take so-and-so out to eat for lunch today. I'm going to buy my wife a flower today. It doesn't have to be big. She doesn't need a dozen roses. I'm kidding. Number seven is my exercise and health plan. As I've told you before, I usually walk in the morning. I write that down. Uh, number eight is check off a goal reminder sheet. I usually write down some of my goals. Again, we've gotten into those earlier. Uh, I wrote it down there. The planning, make it obvious. The cues, the time and location that you're going to do it. And then exercise again. My goal is to walk 5,000 steps. Again, on your phone, it'll track your steps. You know, sometimes we need to park instead of arguing about, Walmart never has a space up close. Park way in the back. Get some steps. Those are just ideas, setups, jump rope. Of course, I look like a little girl jumping rope, so I do it in my office with the door closed, okay? It's okay. And then stacking habits. As I told you, I'm trying to learn Spanish, and I'm going towards that. Uh, so in stacking habits, it's before my third cup of coffee, I will learn something today in Spanish. My habit is drinking coffee. So then I stack habits, confessions. We'll get into those in weeks to come. And then also there's things that go with podcast growth, mountain books, videos, things that will you can listen to on a daily basis. Some people make a habit that every time I'm in the car by myself, I'm going to be listening to this or something that's positive in my life and the kingdom of God in my life. I want to encourage you to look at your habits because, again, as Christians, we can say, we've got it, to, and we do. We have the word. But it's not just coming to church to be motivated for change. It's in discipline 
that you look back and go, man, God has come that I might enjoy life to the fullest, even to the overflow. Therefore, if I've got overflow, I've got more than enough. Therefore, I am blessed to be a... God's good. Why don't you stand with me? You guys are dismissed. Go get them.